So I'm five minutes late. I texted you because I said I was stuck in traffic. I lied to you. What? I got pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I, but I got pulled over by the nicest cop in the world. I I was picking up some stuff. I was trying to get back here in time to record the podcast. And I was in a hurry. And um, mm. I, I saw the cop and I was like, yep, he got me. So I pulled over. I started pulling over. Even before what was he the turned discrepancy? What? What? What's that? What were you doing? Like what and what? What and what speed? Limit? Oh, um, I was probably around thirty-five and a twenty-five, and um, I was like, "Well, I, you know, I'm busted." I had I, I. He started walking up to the car, and I had a big smile on my face, and he's like, "You know why I pulled you over?" And I was like, "Yep," <laughs> and uh, and then he just let me go. <laughs> he is like, "All right, well, there's a lot of complaints in this neighborhood about people speeding." So huh. slow it down. Wow. And oh, you think he, you think he knew a, you from YouTube? Is that why I let you go? Oh, <laughs> we'll just say yes. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? So that's a, I've been, um, uh, I've been. Oh, it's Pachuto. See you later, brother. <laughs> uh, I, I need to learn to slow down because my last project, I was in a hurry and I rushed things and I forgot to do things and it broke. And so I am huh. going to take some life lessons from, from the cop. And from my last project, and just slow it down a little bit. Hmm. That's smart. Yeah. So I w- we were at Maker Fair this past weekend. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yesterday we were trying to get there, and we got a lift. So a guy was driving us in, and he pulled up like around this. It's this huge, you know, event center thing, and there's cones everywhere, and there's parking spots, and pull up spots, and drop off spots, and so he pulls up around this corner. And I'm like, hey, you can let us off here. Whatever's easiest. So he pulls over. And as we're getting out of the car, this officer comes up on a motorcycle, like right up next to the driver's side. He's like, you can't stop here. Got really upset about it. And uh, we all, you know, got on the sidewalk. And so I I said, I'm sorry. I told him to pull over. And he was like, fine, you can pay his ticket. I'm like, I will. (laughs) And the guy just, he gave him a parking ticket for just pulling over to drop us off. Apparently they, the Lyft drivers had been notified that they, you know, could only drop off and pick up in certain areas. But I don't know if he didn't know that or what. But anyway, I took his ticket and I'm going to pay it for him because I felt really bad. It was like 45 oh my bucks goodness. just for like letting people out of the car. But yeah. Mm. Anyway. So I don't think you can get a ticket for less than 45 bucks. Probably not. I mean, he said like, you know, I'm only going to give you a parking violation instead of a moving violation. So it's less of a big deal. Uh, maybe that was because I was taking the blame. I don't know, but yeah. Anyway, it was an expensive ride for about a mile and a half for me. <laughs> well, shame on you, and yeah. good for you for taking it. <laughs> so once again, it's mm. just the two of us. So yeah, just the two of us here again. We don't have a third person here with this again <laughs> i just opened my mail and it says that my mortgage check was denied for some reason sorry dun, dun, done this before we get started mm. real life problems yeah so real. i'll call after and find out what happened you want, you want bob to call for him yeah for bob you? could you call my mortgage company please sure i'll get right on that just assume it's taken <laughs> care of how about that <laughs> no i'm sure with you you take care of stuff i'm the one that has returned checks not you <laughs> no, it didn't bounce. There's something wrong with it. I usually write the check out wrong, or I, like I leave the date off, or I don't sign it. That's usually what I do because I'm always in a rush. You put like one hundred thousand dollars, and they're like, I don't think you really <laughs> yeah. want to pay. 
twice now with my uh, camera person, Eric, I forgot to wrote something for to write something on the check, whether it was his name or the amount. And right. he doesn't look at it. He just takes it to the bank and cashes it. And so twice they're like, uh, yeah, we can't cash this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. I need to slow down. You're writing out checks for like 15 hot dogs. And the guy's like, what? <laughs> we, can't, we can't do that. But we were at Maker Fair <laughs> and we missed you, Jimmy. Everybody missed you. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't go. I just, it was really nice though, not to get on an airplane again. I really, yeah. really needed to just not travel. And again, it's spring cleaning. So I really did need a lot to do. And the classes are coming up. We're doing another class June 1st, which is in a week, the week after Memorial Day weekend. And there's a lot to do around the house. The winter has destroyed the driveway and a lot to do. And then of course the building's getting built. So there's services that I need to kind of correspond with. And I'm sorry I missed it. I hope you guys had fun. We did have fun. I don't I want you to be sorry. Day. I was just just letting you know that everybody missed you and asked <laughs> about you. That's all. No, no. I mean, I'm I'm kind of apologizing to the several fans that didn't know I was coming, and I've gotten a lot of personal emails saying, "Hey, where are you?" I'm on there. I'm like, I'm not there. So I got a lot of like you know DMs and stuff. People that missed that I wasn't coming. So they 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 were looking for me. So I apologize to those people, but they understand. Everybody was cool. Yeah, I had as much fun as I could possibly have without you. <laughs> and not a bit more <laughs> just that much yeah yeah it was i mean it was interesting so david and i did a, a talk that should have been the three of us um and so it was it was kind of weird you know just the two of us to get up there and talk about some stuff without you but it was still fun we had a good time caleb uh kind of asked us questions and stuff and we talked about all the stuff that we always talk about um got to meet a lot of good people and see old people that were not old people see people that we've known from the past <laughs> i guess there were probably old people there too but you know what i mean um it was it was a good <laughs> fair for sure caleb is really good at asking questions yes he is i'm sorry there's a slight delay and i keep talking over people so i i apologize the internet's being fussy today but yeah caleb does a great job of asking questions and then hearing the answers and then following up with the with the right question so it, it was it went really good i thought i'm looking i would hope somebody recorded it because i would like to watch it yeah um i they i'm gonna put a couple links in the show notes for the the live streams that they did for both days and i'm not sure that ours is on the first day in that stream because i haven't looked yet but um they have like eight hours of video from each day from different stages and different places and stuff and on the second day i did a talk by myself that caleb kind of Asked some questions at the beginning, and then you know it was Q and A after that. But then later in the day, I got to be that position where I was asking questions to Laura Kampf and Evan and Caitlin. And I realized in that moment how good Caleb was at it because I was having a hard time. I would ask a question, and then I would be listening to their answer, right? And I'm listening to what they're saying. I'm trying to pay attention, but I'm not formulating the next question based on what they're saying. So, yeah, there's definitely like a lot happening there when you're trying to keep an interview going and. He did a great job. So it was cool. And we did a good time on stage. They had, so this year they had uh, a content creator stage set up specifically for uh, the people like us. Um, and it, it had stuff going on the entire two days. And it was a mixture of all different types of people talking about different types of stuff. Um, and so we really spent most of our time right there around that one stage because it was people that like, 
I'm like, oh yeah, I want to see Laura talk, you know, and I want to see this person talk, and I, you know, I want to make sure that I get to meet so and so or whatever. And so it was, it was funny because I didn't see a whole lot of the fair because I kind of stayed in that one little, you know, designated area a lot of the time. Uh, and then I ended up doing three separate things on stage, so that actually ate up a lot of the time too. But and as you can tell, my voice is just about gone. It feels like it's gone. I don't know if it sounds like it's gone. But... Sounds sexy. <laughs> Ooh, why? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, other than Maker Fair, you guys been doing anything, Jimmy? What What'd you do this weekend? What have you been working on? Oh, I just finished up a couple of videos. I, I finished up a, a video where I made this vice stand. I'm slowly getting ready for the fall. We're going to do a, a class on blacksmithing. And Rory Smith, Rory May from Dirty Smith is going to be the teacher. So I'm, prepe- I'm prepping that workshop area. So you'll see a couple of videos leading up to that, that build out. We're going to extend the, the garage in the backyard and add my old garage, the one that's been there. We're going to extend the back of it and add the blacksmithing area underneath it. And so I built the vice stand and I published that video. I, I did a, a, a aluminum welded toolbox. I practiced my aluminum welding, which was something that I've never actually sat down and practiced until we went to that Lincoln event a few months ago. And now I'm trying to put what I learned into practice. And it's not easy. Was it MIG or TIG? All TIG, just TIG welding. So it's like that rhythm of dropping the little dots one at a time. It's I'm I'm okay at making a weld that's certainly strong, but just not good looking. That's the problem. <laughs> mm. And so I I just recently made this uh, toolbox uh, for a sponsored video, and the I left all the welds looking a little shoddy, so that I could gauge my personal growth. And uh, so in the video, when you see it, I'll be published in about a week. My welds go from worse to better. So. I'm excited about learning that. So I did practice cool. quite a bit since since I realized how bad I am at it. And uh, so that, and then I just want to also announce another little interesting tidbit. I'm going to commit to my, I'm going to commit myself. Um, I've Uh-oh. been getting fatter and fatter as time goes on. I've talked to you guys about this. And so I don't know if this other YouTuber wants to know who he is, but while I was in England, me and another YouTuber committed to doing a, a weekly weigh-in to see if we could both lose weight. Ooh. So I did my second weekly weigh-in. And I didn't lose any weight since last week, but I didn't gain any either, which is good. So I'm at uh, I'm at basically 100 kilos or 222 pounds. That's how much I weigh right now. So maybe we'll add a little feature. I'll do my weigh-in every Monday Ooh. when we Ooh. record. So okay, today my weigh-in I am at 222 in America and 100 kilos in Europe. So because my 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 partner in this weight loss program is a European, so he sends me kilos and I send him pounds. So. That's why we're discussing it in both in both vernaculars. So I'm uh, I'm just making an announcement here. I'm, I'm trying to try to commit to getting a little bit slimmer, a little bit healthier. Try and Benjamin Button a little bit if I can, because I'm feeling my age and and I've been it, talking about it. So I'm going to try and commit to doing something about it. Do you have a goal? Do you have like a, a certain place you want to get? Or anything? if I get down to one, if I can get to one ninety, I'd be very happy. One eighty, I'd be extremely happy. Yeah. And uh, I've started a small exercise program. I'm just ramping up slowly. I started walking every morning to get my coffee instead of driving, which is probably about about two thirds of a mile walk there mm. and back to get coffee. So, and uh, I told you guys my goal is to try and jog to and from the shop by the end of the summer. That's a three mile one direction. Yeah. So that would be a six mile jog. I've done it before, so I think I could build up to it. 
but it's just the mental hurdle has been so hard for me. But now I'm really beginning to confront it and get past it. So once you get past the hardest part is getting started. Yeah. Well, and, and like the weather's getting nicer, so, that'll probably make it easier for you to, to stick to it and stuff too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, just the weather. I've been hibernating like a bear all winter. Yeah. Stuffing food in my mouth. So <laughs> see, see if we can make this work. So that's, that's my, my <laughs> weekly weigh-in, 222. Next nice. week, hopefully, it'll be smaller than that. Awesome. Well, good for you, man. I'm proud of you. Shamed, I've just publicly shamed myself. So no, no, the accountability <laughs> no, you, is you. good, man. You're that's, an inspiration that's... too. You're an inspiration too. The way you jog, I mean, you jog constantly. I mean, I always see you running, and I see you running, and I'm like, oh, I used to do that. One day I'll do that again. <laughs> I'm still too lazy <laughs> to get started. Well, cool, man. Good for you, David. What have you been up to other than Maker Fair or you. anything about Maker Fair that you didn't, you know? Hmm. Well, um, talk about it. Yeah. So I, I recently put out a a coat hanger video and, um, it came out really good. I was frustrating. And like I mentioned earlier, I I was trying to rush through it because I was getting ready to leave for Maker Faire and I made some silly mistakes because I just didn't think things through. And even at the very beginning of the video, I'm like, we have a limited time for this project today and at the end of the video it kind of falls apart before it all comes together and a couple of people called me out on that in the comments saying well you started off saying you were in a rush so there's your problem and hmm. i responded with you're absolutely 100 right so um i need to i need to slow it down i think um then maker fair i uh had a had a good time i was only there for saturday i wasn't thinking and booked my flight Sunday morning. So I didn't get to go back for, for, uh, for another day. But, um, I was actually very thankful to be home by Sunday evening and get back onto, into my time zone and my regular schedule. And then this week, um, I only have, we're recording late in the day on Monday. Usually we record in the morning and, um, we're getting ready to record a video tomorrow. And I don't know what that video is. So I'm actually running out of time to come up with the project and to design it. But my first thought is, uh, so don't hold me to it because it might, it might change. But um, I spent a lot of time on Pinterest and I've been seeing these really cool wooden cigarette cases. And I don't smoke anymore, thank goodness. But I really like the looks of them. So uh, I, I, I was showing them to Kelly. and. She said, well, what if you made it into like a little business card holder for your pocket? And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. So I'm thinking I might attempt that, but I might do three of them. One, a, a more traditional, modern way with power tools, table saw, miter saw, whatever. And then one with a laser and then one with a CNC. And just to show three different ways of making one particular thing. Um, and that comes out of a conversation that I had with Ben from Homemade Modern a few months ago. It, um, he kind of suggested doing something like that. So, uh, that that's maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Who knows? Awesome. Well, if there's anything like that, we could brainstorm now that would help you down that road. I mean, that might be a fun thing to do, but so not, my, that's cool too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll throw this out there, um, uh, to you guys, the, the top, I'm trying to figure out a good way for it to hinge or slide open. So you, when, when the top is opened up 
there needs to be the, the the business cards need to stick out just a little bit so you could so you could grab one right and i'm trying to figure out the best way the best mechanism for that do i use a little brass hinge because that takes up in something that small that takes up a lot of space and would be kind of hard to mortise into something really thin so maybe it's a sliding top so if you have any ideas for that let me know you know what i just pictured i just pictured like a you know what a dugout is? Yeah. You know, for <laughs> I mean, in the world no. that know what a dugout is. <laughs> well, they usually, usually have a dovetail top, but if you make that dovetail kind of stepped, so it would have to come off with two square corners because mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, you know, like a Marlboro cigarette pack. Imagine if the whole lid just slides sideways, but the, the square corners stay, not the beveled corners. Does that I make hear- sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that might be a thought and it can come off, but that would have to come off completely. Or you could hinge it and instead of hinging it with like, uh, like brass tubes, which I've done in the past. It's really complicated to try and solder brass tubes without soldering the whole thing into one big chunk. Uh, you could hinge it with fabric or leather. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that. That's another thought. Oh, that's that's really, really good. Um, for those of you who don't know, a, a dugout is, is a, uh, as a, um, a, a box to hold your tobacco products. Yep. Wink. <laughs> and it has a little sliding wooden dovetail. The reason yeah. I know this, I by the way, I'm completely drug free for thirty something years. Everyone knows that. But uh, somebody approached me in a state where this other tobacco is legal, and they want me to help them develop a some sort of like type of dugout. So I've been actually going through this with with somebody recently, huh. and they want me to help them come up with something that's a little bit more elaborate, a little bit more involved looking than just the the ones you see all the time. And the the bottom line is after me going through all this product development with her the reason it looks like it does is because it's the simplest version of the idea and everything she wants to do is just going to make it more elaborate more expensive but we're still going down the path so i've been doing some research on this it's like i said it's not really youtube worthy so i haven't really talked about it but i've been exploring some different ways of opening the that small Hmm. end of a little storage box i like that a lot of the solutions that you know first come to mind are more complicated and I need, sometimes you need somebody else to step in and, and just say, hey, here's a real simple solution, like mm-hmm. using fabric or, or leather as, as the hinge, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's a real good idea because then you don't have to get into complicated uh, hinges or using what's available, which is almost always impossible to find a hinge that works mm-hmm. you know, when you're talking about something that small. I could also, if I'm doing it three different ways, I could also have three different um, hinges or openings or, or a way to get the business cards out of there too. You know what I've seen in the past too? Um, Imagine like a a box that like a like a, a box that would carry cards, for instance. Mm-hmm. And now you know, car, playing cards. And now imagine that box is say like two millimeter thick plastic, and the bottom half sleeves into the top half. It's split like let's say you know one third of the way down, and that's the top area. So you literally slide it off, and all your cards are available to grab fully with your fingers and your thumbs, and then you slide it back on mm-hmm. so the the box literally breaks completely in half with an overlap that's about one third of the way down uh that would be a pretty interesting cnc project i'm sure you could set it up if you get your cnc mm-hmm. values incorrectly you could certainly cnc it out of some sort of corian or plastic or something you end up mm. with some thin walls that you might end up chattering and breaking but you know that's the type of experiment you do a few times before you get it right even wood would probably be good mm-hmm. if you figure out how to cut what first and my you know. my thought um with one of the versions would be to make my own walnut plywood so resaw some thin strips and then um flip the grain on each layer glue it up so i can have something really thin that's also doesn't look like plywood 
that is solid walnut. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. You could do um, that same idea, but for one of these, uh, maybe it's not a fully enclosed box, but it's a, it's basically like a back with wraparound sides. So uh, maybe you you take your plot your thin plywood sheet, you cut it on the laser to add some living hinges, so that the four sides kind of wrap around like little fingers, and then you glue those into place. And the opening top face is just enough for the uh, business cards to kind of pry into. So they're captive, mm-hmm. but loose, you know, and then when you want to oh, pop that, them out, you cool. just kind of bend it and pop it out. You saying that just triggered something else into me where the cards are kind of um, uh, held in by a spring. And so if you push down it, you can then slide one through a slot. Too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So they're pushed That's away cool. from the so, slot with the spring. Is that what you mean? Right, right. Ooh, yeah. Like an old exacto blade holder. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that's like it. See, this is why I like brainstorming. Because somebody <laughs> else has cool. a great idea and then you can kind of build off of that. So yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Hmm. I always like I've talked about it before. I was like playing with business card ideas. And I, I said I was gonna try and do a business card every couple of months. It's time for me to play around and come up with a new business card. Oh yeah. Or you know, the idea of a business card dispenser is a cool idea too. When we were in uh, Chicago last January, you gave me some business cards and they were on that thick orange stock. And oh, yeah. um, I had one in my wallet and I take pride in keeping my wallet as minimum and as thin as possible. And <laughs> Those I cards just, take up like five cards. Yeah. And I just finally took that business card out of my wallet. And I'm like, why do I have this? I already know Jimmy dressed like this. <laughs> it doesn't even need- have any information on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just says my name on it. It doesn't oh. say anything else. I was trying an experiment with a business card that just said my name only. <laughs> like people would have to Google me to find me. Yeah. Put, put, put people to work. Uh, yeah. Speaking of brainstorming, I was I had a conversation with somebody over the weekend at Maker Fair, and um, you know we we're we we're talking about brainstorming, and I said a way that I brainstorm with myself is I will write down every idea. Uh, when I say write down, I mean type it into Evernote or Apple Notes, and I will document every single idea, no matter how silly. Because if you go back and look at your notes that are a year old, maybe you don't even remember why you had that silly idea but it could still trigger something else to come up with something that's cool or a solution to something. Yeah, totally. And I do the same thing. And it's been funny now that Josh is around and we brainstorm a lot of the ideas together. He'll go back and look at my list from a year ago and it has some random little phrase that makes no sense at all. And so his brain goes off in a totally different direction. You know, like, what did Bob mean by like banana shooter hot dog gun or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> and I had some specific idea at the time. And so we end up kind of going in two different directions and th- that creates some kind of cool, uh, you know, brainstorming stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. I noticed um, while I was on the plane. Um, so I've gotten my ideas lately have gotten. Uh, they feel less like free. Like I feel like I'm kind of locking myself into certain ideas that will work or that are just different things. And so we were sitting on, on the plane and my wife was looking at a magazine, like a home magazine. And so she's flipping through it and I'm listening to a podcast and I'm just kind of glancing over every once in a while to see what, to see what she's looking at. And I would see something and I had um, my notebook out and I was sketching for a treehouse because I'm going to be doing a treehouse. So I was sketching some stuff. And I ended up writing down seven, no, 
seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten ideas from watching her flip through a magazine. And she would just go through. And it wasn't like exactly what I saw in the magazine. But I'm like, oh, wait, that would make a good whatever. Or, oh, I should try that in a different way. But it dawned on me in the moment after I wrote all these things down that, like, I get so focused on uh, creating the thing and having a, like, trying to make sure that I'm staying on schedule and trying to make sure that I've got stuff continuing to move that I'm not ingesting new stuff to be inspired by. Like, I don't look through magazines. And I know, Jimmy, this is something that you always say, you know, all the time, just like always be like looking and always be pulling in things and being inspired by the stuff that's around you. And it dawned on me at the time that I just don't do that very often. I look at magazines upside down sometimes just to see a different point of view. Huh. I literally turn a magazine upside down. And I'm just looking for visuals. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> I know. I'm nuts, I don't know <laughs> does that, does that pay off? That. Does, does stuff like that pay off very often? It probably does more in the subconscious than in the, yeah. uh, in the conscious mind. But I'm just looking for connections and visual visual patterns. Yeah. It's a little Rain Man-ish, but it's something I've been doing for a while. No, that's actually really cool. I mean, it, it just dawned on me then that I should be like looking at stuff outside of what I do on a daily basis for inspiration. Something as silly oh, for sure. as I mean, the as minute like I sit on an airplane. Magazine. Yeah, the minute I sit on an airplane, I grab that stupid magazine and I usually flip through it really quickly. And then, you know, if I'm no one's watching me. I'll walk, I'll look at it upside down. And then I usually <laughs> look at the globe in the back and I just try and look for references about the globe and, and try and make ge- geography, geography notes like, Oh, I didn't realize, you know, South Korea and Vietnam look the same, but one's bigger, one's smaller. Oh, it's Japan's over there. You know, I'm always doing, it's just like kind of brushing up on my geography. I always do that when I'm on a plane, I look at the, the map in the back and, and see relationships of different countries and continents and brush up. You know, like if you had to draw the continent or the United States without any reference, could you do it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a stupid <laughs> little thing that we learned as a kid. No, I I've, I've played that game with logos before. So like, think of like the gas <laughs> yeah. shell station logo. Can you draw it right. without looking at it? You know, right. That's yeah. fun. It's a really, no, I couldn't. That actually <laughs> might be really, if somebody's looking to do a logo, that might be an interesting way to, kind of get headed in the right direction not to necessarily you know rip somebody off i don't mean that but like you know uh try to from memory draw other logos and you're going to end up with shapes that are not quite correct but they're shapes that you Mm -hmm. created and maybe you could use Mm -hmm. those as you know jumping off points for a logo i never i never thought about that uh in a graphic design sense i've thought about that in music where uh you know if i'm if I need a starting point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to make this beat that I hear in this particular song on the drum machine. And it turns out to be something totally different. And then that's the, that's the starting point of the song. You can also do that with photography. And so, yeah, good idea. Yeah. Um, oh, I just you know, another, another way to jog stimulate since we're on the subject, a lot of times I walk through sections of a store that I wouldn't ordinarily go into like housewares and look for ideas and I'm always looking for crossover ideas. So I'll walk through housewares or, I mean, that's why when tell and I go to Walmart, we both walk the entire store. We get the things we need, but we walk through every section just to see what's out there and how one thing could spurn a concept for some other thing. 
I thought so you just at, did that for Instagram stories. <laughs> no, well, that's why we, it's, it's funny when we're both kind of bored kicking around the house and I got nothing to edit and she's busy doing whatever she wants to do. She's like, want to go to Walmart? I'm like, sure, let's go. So we hop in the car and we drive to Walmart. It's about 25 miles away. And we just wander around the store and we'll buy, you know, dumb things we need for the house. But it, it, it is really more of like we used to do in the city, which obviously we're not in the city nearly as much. We used to go. Taylor would always prompt us. She'd go, let's go for an inspiration walk. And we would just walk around Soho and just window shop. Let's go for an inspiration walk. And that's really what we're doing in Soho. Um, it's not in Soho, but in uh, in uh, Walmart. <laughs> Walmart, Soho, same thing. That, yeah. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> it is now. And we would go for a walk. Just people peeing wherever they want. <laughs> <laughs> we would go for uh we now we go to walmart <laughs> or or there's a couple of hardware stores we love going to tractor supply or up here there's a hardware store called young's that we go to and uh so yeah so we do that we do that a lot we i want to talk about walks. what's in your hand jimmy oh it's my it's my new ice pick my spirally ice pick this was funny talk about brainstorming me and brett had a great little brainstorm when, when this came up uh, the other day uh, Brett has worked on brass. He's forged a little thing in brass in one of his earlier videos. And we've obviously both been playing around with a lot of blacksmithing. And I've been twisting things. I've been making my wizard spikes kind of as a joke, but I'm actually selling them on eBay. So my wizard spike has been an inspiration to just experimenting with different types of twisting metal. And I bought, when I first started doing my first set of ice picks, I bought hex rod in brass and steel. And I never did anything with the steel. And now that I'm heating it up, I said to, to Brad, I'm like, oh, look in that bucket over there for a hex piece of steel. I want to maybe make a twisted ice pick. And Brett goes, well, why don't you just do it in the brass? Because he had the experience with the brass. And that I'm like, we immediately like went to experiment with it. And we just made 25 of them. And they're going to go up on the store this week. So by the time this comes out, they may already be up for sale on the store. So I'm going to make 25 uh, with the twist in them. And you just heat it up with a torch, twist it, and then you got to quench it right away because I've already put all the picks in the handles. And when the handle gets heated up, the pick shoots out because there's air pressure underneath here. The heat, the heated up air pressure shoots the pick out. So there's a little timing thing in there to get it cooled off before the heat pushes out the ice pack. That, that kind of sounds like a James Bond weapon. I mean, you know, I, you may not want to sell that as a feature, but... That's kind of a cool thing <laughs> in case you need to shoot an ice pick across the <laughs> well, room. Funny. All you got to do is heat it. <laughs> Heat it up with a Zippo lighter that says my name yeah. on it. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Bob, by the way. Yes. I know we joked about it. I'm going to show you guys too. Right here on my table. I have the Zippo lighter. The orange one? Bob Claggett orange. Yep. Yeah. It's the it, They come in black and, and I like to make stuff orange. Those are yeah. the only two colors available at my Walmart. <laughs> so I got a bunch yesterday. I bought about 10 lighters that don't have logos on them because they have like the Mets and the Yankees logo on them here in New York. And uh, black or orange. So I bought like five orange and five black. And I'm going to experiment. I'm going to catch you one. I want orange number one. I want orange number one. Wait, do you want your logo on it or my logo? No, I I want your logo. Oh, well, that'd be cool. Maybe put that on the back. But I want your logo. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I'll do a special one for you. Sweet. Oh, speaking of your ice picks. What color do you want? Yeah. Red. Red. I wish we don't don't have red. Uh, I don't have burgundy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of your ice picks, um, Laura was on stage. Laura Kampf was talking about, I don't know, people were asking about different things. And somebody, uh, Mark Fraunfelder was talking to her and he asked her about the ice pick and like why she had an ice pick. So she got to talk about, you know, where she got it and all this stuff. And she has the short one. 
the shortened version. Oh yeah. yeah. She made it. Yeah. She cut it short. Yeah. Yeah. So she was in a movie uh, last week in San Francisco and she left the movie theater and then realized later on that she lost her ice pick and she got really upset about it. So she went back to the movie theater oh. and, you know, asked if they had found this ice pick and the guy apparently was really upset because he knew what it was and he knew it was from you and he was hoping he would get to keep it. And she came back and asked for it. So, anyway. <laughs> he must've known who she was then. I don't know. Maybe, but she got it back. So she was happy. about that. That's awesome. But I was going to show oh, you that's this, cool. um, which I know everybody listening can't see this, but Evan and Caitlin. I and saw that. That's really cool. Made me one of their 3d printed knives with my logo on it. And it is super cool. That nice. is awesome. It is very cool. And they printed the blade too, right? The blade's also printed? No, the blade's a stainless blade. It looks like they got uh, it. From... Did they, where did they get? The, I didn't watch that video yet. Where are they getting the blades from? They know the I... handles are printed shapeways. Yeah, I don't know. This is a Sarge blade, is what it says on there. I have no idea. But, you know, oh, okay. the one they so did with they Alec, they, they forged the Damascus blade. But these, I don't, yeah. I don't know. But it's also they're in like cool. a really cool wooden case yeah. made to fit with oh, these really nice little hinges and magnet catches and stuff. Ooh, it was awesome. Nice. Man. I really like it. Very it doesn't cool. have a it doesn't have a clip. I like pocket clips. And so I'm thinking about trying to make a little clip that goes on one of these, pull out one of these screws and put a clip in there so I can clip it in my pocket. But nice. But it is awesome. So I wanted to show that off. I know nobody can see it, but we'll <laughs> yeah. Bob, have you said what you're up to or what you're working on? I have not. Um, so last week, we actually got two projects done uh, really quickly. So I was working on one, and it it didn't work. And it's the first time in a long time where I had something that just didn't do what it was supposed to do, and I didn't know where else to take it. And I just kind of like, I think I'm done. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else to do with hmm. this one. So I set it aside. After a couple of days, which was really weird, and I have a plan for coming back to it later on, but um, from that, I was kind of discouraged and just decided to switch gears. I've been wanting to make a bigger vacuum former for a while. I'm like one of my maybe my very first video on my channel was a really tiny vacuum former, and um, so I wanted to make one that was a little bit bigger. It was all self-contained, had a heat source in it, and all that stuff. And so we did that, and it only took like maybe a day and a half you know, to put it together. It's really simple. Got to use the new big CNC to drill all the holes in it um, and cut out some venting above the heat source. So it was nice to have the CNC up and running. And uh, the vacuum former actually works way better than I thought it was going to. I was kind of afraid like I would do all this work and it would look really nice and then it wouldn't really perform at all, but it actually works. So we did that. That'll be out this week. And then we did another really quick little kind of utility build for the shop, which um, is nothing new, but it's very handy. And we kind of did it a different way than other people. So that'll be out in a couple of weeks. And then what are you going to make? Are you going to make anything on the vacuum former? Do you have any ideas? Not really. Uh, the first thing that we kind of made for it was. Um, so when I made my rolling cart a while back, my A-frame cart. They some I asked people for names and they named it Car2D2. So we had oh, Car2D2. Yeah. And then somebody suggested from that that we name the new CNC CNC3PO. So <laughs> on, the, on the vacuum former, I have this little C, C3PO head cookie jar thing that's like smaller than it should be, but it's pretty small. 
So we put that on there, like, surely this won't work. And we did a form of the head and it did a great pull on the front, like on the face part, not all the way around the head, obviously, but the face is great. And so snipped it off and it fits like press fits right over the spindle onto the CNC. So now oh, the spindle is going to have a C-3PO face. <laughs> it's just going to go around. super cool. Yeah. So I got still got to paint it. I have a. It. I have a CNC music factory on my CNC oh, yeah. <laughs> sticker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Going to make yeah. you sweat. <laughs> Did you guys happen to notice a few weeks ago I got from Formbox? They sent me one of their small machines. It's a little vacuform machine. No. And it's funny. I, it, it's uh, The thing is, you always wonder how can you make. They made this. I don't know how much it is. They sent it to me to promote it for them, but it's probably a couple hundred bucks. But the good thing about it is that you put your own vacuum on it. So that eliminates them having to put a vacuum motor on it. You just stick any household vacuum to it and the air is evenly distributed to pull and it pulls great, perfectly. And the heating element works great. So they said, what project would you do? And for a long time now, I've been wanting to make a candy bar. So I'm going to make a, on the Tormach, I'm going to CNC out an aluminum candy bar and use that as my form and make a bunch of vacuum form trays and then make like a Duresta Hershey's wow. bar. So that's, awesome. that's a project, the project I want to do. Yeah, yeah. When you mail me my lighter, uh, throw a couple candy bars in there. Yeah. Oh, I will. <laughs> Actually, I want I the aluminum candy bar. If I can be honest, <laughs> yeah. that's going on eBay. <laughs> How's eBay working out for you? It's good. It's good. You know, I, I must. I'm going to publicly shame a couple of people. I don't know them personally, and I don't even know the handles. But I'm just going to theoretically publicly shame. I had two auctions in a row where the winner couldn't pay, oh, and it cool. really, really is disappointing because. Then it goes to the next person in line, and that could be that could be somebody that's considerably far away from what was the highest valued number, or it just is annoying because all of a sudden now it's up to me to contact the second winner, and so it, I've said it in my description. It's like if you're going to think, if you're going to bid, please, please, please have the intentions of following through. So yeah. two auctions in a row, people bid bid it up to you know hundreds of dollars, and then they said, "Oh, I, I really can't afford this." I go, "Why did you get involved to begin with?" Hmm. Doesn't anyway, eBay punish their account in in any sort of I, way? I don't know. There is a thing where you could say where you could back out at the last minute. I Taylor knows everything about eBay. She's really good on it, and she's like, "Oh yeah," and she said it's got some title, and she knew right away because he wrote to me and said, "Hey, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize I had a bad week, and I don't have the money for this now. I can't pay for it." And then the other person was bidding and then he he backed out and he said, oh, I, I don't know what his excuse was. I was so annoyed. I just hmm. followed through and gave it to the second two people, which is funny because the second two people in both of those auctions are the two people that bought other things from me in the past. Hmm. And they were outbid by these, I don't, I don't, I guess they're amateur eBayers because who else would go on eBay and buy something that they can't afford? And so I'm happy that the two second place winners were guys that bought for me in the past. So, but it's fun. It's fun because, you know, I, I have this Zippo lighter, which I bought at Walmart. I laser etched it. And now it's last I looked, it was a hundred and something bucks. Oh. And so it's fun. It's a fun little game that, you know, the fans seem to enjoy watching the numbers go up. And of course I do too. The money goes <laughs> in my PayPal account. <laughs> <laughs> I took a cue from you and my end grain cutting board that I made a few weeks ago, I put up on eBay. And- oh, cool. Yeah, and it sold to uh, this this guy in Germany who, uh, like, two or three years ago, also bought a bandsaw box from me, and I oh, remember cool. the name instantly. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So uh, I might do the eBay thing a little bit more. Although, um, to ship a inch thick 
20 by 16 uh, cutting board cost me like 80 bucks to ship to Germany oh. or something like well, that. Well, it's funny. So the I last I put, I put one of the wizard spikes up for, it sold for somewhere around $700. And then I had the shipping price at $40. And everybody's like $40 to ship it. That's a lot of money. But the person that won it was in Europe and I sent it to him and it was $60 to ship mm -hmm. it. So, you know, and so now some of these things I have up now, I think I have the lighters at $20 to ship. And then the other ice pick, I think I have at 40. I mean, the other wizard spike. And, you know, and somebody says, hey, if I win it, can I come pick it up? Would you still charge me $40? I said, of course not. You want to come pick it up? I'm not going to make you give me $40 for walking in my door. That's ridiculous. So I do have a check, local pickup. So if somebody locally wants to win it and come hang out for a minute, just a minute. Got to leave as soon as I hand it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the funny thing about eBay, it's almost like my art gallery because I could put up any kind of People are always like, what's next? You use tissues. I'm like, you know what? You want to buy my used tissues? You can buy them if you want. <laughs> it's just a, it's like a, it's just a, a funny place to, to put things up. And I'll, I'll use ice picks and I'll make sure I exploit those ice picks on YouTube. And then I'll put that up for sale. And people will recognize it as the one I used in this video or that video. So it's fun. Uh, everybody thought, for instance, I was going to put up the twisted ice picks right away on eBay. And I could have, but I made a bunch of them. I'm just going to put them in my store. They're just going to be. At the moment, I have them priced at 125, and if they sell, they will. If they don't sell, we'll lower the price. But 125 each for the ones I'm going to put on this week, and it's it's really fun. I got to keep reminding myself that because of the fans and because of this community, I've developed a little manufacturing business. And when I'm sitting there polishing 100 ice picks, I feel like I'm not getting work done. That is my work. I got to remind myself that mm -hmm. because of this community and the people that support me and all of us. It's I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I could sit there and listen to, you know, Mark Maron's podcast and polish a hundred ice picks and feel like I've got nothing done. But in fact, I've just made, you know, thousands of dollars. So that's hmm. my way of saying thank you. So actually the polishing that you, I know that's not really what you were talking about, but the polishing did come up in mind when I saw the twisted one. What do you do yeah. to polish that? Oh, I just put it on the buffing wheel. It was actually Brett's idea. So Brett, it actually goes in down inside the the twists oh yeah yeah just Brett, Brett, brett's idea was since we usually do a scotch bright finish on all of them because they'll get well worn in your pocket anyway if you wear it every day or if you use it every day and so just to make these a little bit more exclusive because they photograph better when they're polished so we just put them on the buffing wheel hmm. and using the buffing wheel is messy and the, the dust flies everywhere and, and i don't have a buffing wheel station usually that has a vacuum behind it so that's why i don't really like using the buffing wheel on all the ice picks and we scotch bright them because it's just a little handheld hand operation but since I'm only making a few of these, we hit, we buff them. Hmm. So like I said, they just photograph better when they're shiny. Yeah. So that's that. And then I, I uh, on the other hand, made products, uh, for instance, on the, the knuckle duster, I'm just nervous to put it up for sale because uh, it's, a, it's technically an illegal product in certain States. So tomorrow really? I have a meeting with my buddy. Yeah. Why? You know, the, a, a pair of brass knuckles is very, oh. illegal. it's like, right. Yeah. It's a weapon. Huh. Consider can be considered. It's really just a paperweight that blows air, but some people consider it a weapon. So huh. I have a meeting tomorrow with my buddy Howard, who's sort of my business. Uh, he is my my business uh, consultant. So we're going to talk tomorrow about what to do with that next. It's definitely going to go for sale. We just got to figure out how to frame it and where and how to do it. And then uh, I'm talking to a Chinese manufacturer about making the plastic version of the Sharpie with the scalpel at the end or mm. the Exacto. Because we want to make a handmade one, which is the brass fancy one. And then we also want to make a like a kind of a mass market one 
just injection molded. Sweet. So everything takes forever, and then you usually go all the way down the road, and you're like, you do the math, and you're like, eh, this doesn't seem like it's worth the effort. So, but I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm keep moving through, and the ice pick keeps selling. So I'm excited for that. Well, we got anything else we want to talk about? Did you see anything cool? Uh, any new tech that you saw at uh, Make the Fair? Um, there's something that I'm really interested in. You guys can go ahead and just like stop listening because neither one of you are going to care about it at all. <laughs> I think. Here we go. <laughs> I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Um, so there's uh, this company called Photon. No, they're called Particle. Their product is called Photon. And it's basically like a little Arduino, and it has the first generation of these have um, Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi and cellular on them. So you can make a little project that you know you can connect to the internet. And they've been around for several years now. But they've got a new set of hardware coming out that are still small like that. They're like, you know, as big as your thumb, but they're made for mesh networking. So you can have a bunch of these, like up to thousands of these little things that are all connected together remotely on a network. And so like if you were building little devices, you know, that you could control and use sensors and all that stuff and you had them like in a manufacturing facility, you could put them all over serving different purposes and they would be aware of each other and you could actually like upgrade the code to them over the internet and over the Wi-Fi. And so it was really cool just to talk to them about the capabilities. And I've got a project idea that I've had uh, for the shop since we moved and the wireless connectivity was the part that I didn't know how to do. So when I heard about this product, I was like, oh, that might work. And then they actually invited me over to talk to me about the product. So I got to hear like the spiel and tell them my idea. And they were like, yes, perfect. It's a perfect fit. So I got really excited about that because it, it lets me take an idea that I wasn't sure that I'd be able to do. And now I have the vehicle to do it. So that's pretty cool. What about you? Did you see anything awesome? Well, I was since I was only there to the one day, I, it was a, a rush through. But it was the, the typical, like there was a handful of CNC manufacturers um, a lot of laser manufacturers, a lot of big laser manufacturers. I don't, I guess I don't completely understand um, why a thirty thousand yeah. dollar laser is exhibiting at one of these. Maybe they're maybe yeah. they're trying to get some attention for schools or whatever. But maker spaces, yeah, yeah. Um, and I like going through the the handmade booths as well, and there was some really cool art and, and pieces. Nothing. Nothing stood out more than anything else, mostly because I was kind of rushed through the weekend, but uh, it was fun. And uh, I am so glad I went because I didn't go last year and I went this year and I'm like, that was it was well worth my time hanging out with everybody and yeah, seeing all the cool stuff. Robots spitting fire. Yeah. For anybody who's never been to that one in Bay Area, it's near where a lot of the Burning Man people are and they make big crazy sculptures that shoot fire and you know you can ride on them like 10 people can ride on them and they're just it it's a spectacle and that's part of what makes that fair so cool um another thing that was kind of validating for me was um talking about the vacuum former i just finished it right before we left for the trip and then when we got there i had the first thing i had formed i took a raspberry pi the little computer and i put it on the former because it's low profile it's got a bunch of detail to the top of it. So I thought it would be kind of a good test to see if the former would work well and the kind of detail it could get. So I did a pull and you could actually see the screen printing on top of the processor 
on top of the Raspberry Pi. You could see that in the plastic. So it was a really good, tight, detailed pull for the former. And um, so when we got there, I was talking to my friend Alex, who works at Raspberry Pi, and I was like, hey, I just vacuum formed a Raspberry Pi like yesterday. It was really funny, you know, and whatever. And I was telling her about it. I was like, oh, I'll send it to you. So she goes walking around and she has a Raspberry Pi with her because she works there. And she went into this vacuum form company that makes a small former that's really nice looking. And she put it in there and had them form around hers, but she couldn't get hers pulled out of the plastic. <laughs> and it was, uh-huh. and it wasn't like you couldn't see the screen printing on it. And the machine was like $800 and it had about the same footprint that mine had at about a $75 cost. And even the one that you were talking about, Jimmy, Ooh, I'm is, nice. um, that one's like, I think 350 yeah. and it's a smaller, smaller, Whoa. if it's the same one, I might've not found the right one, Yeah, um, but it's a smaller area than the one I got. Yeah. It's called for, I think it's called yeah. form box and it's, it's well-made. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was that much money because yeah. it's injection molded and it's done very stylishly yeah. and well made. And it, but you know, mine uses a shop vac just like that one would and stuff. So, and it's nothing new. It's not like I'm the first person to do this, but it, it made me feel good. Like, oh yeah, mine actually works. And it was way cheaper. What did you use for a heating element? That's uh, so actually I went super simple. I found a, um, like a garage heater. It's an all in one thing that you would mount up in the corner of a garage or like, you know, outside at a restaurant, you would see them like mounted up to heat an area. But it puts out 1,500 watts, and the heating area is maybe 12 by 14. It was 50 bucks. And it just, like, I screwed it up into a box and then put that box on top of another box. And (laughs) uh, the only thing I did different on mine was I kind of came up with what I think is kind of a clever way to hold the plastic in place before you pull it down using magnets, of course, because I love magnets. Um. So anyway, but it was just nice to see that like mine actually worked and compared to other ones that are, you know, in the kind of roughly the same size and power, mine was way cheaper. Um, you know, I, I, you just reminded me of a, is your vacuum former, is it the heating mm-hmm. element over the vacuum? Like yeah. one is directly yeah. above the other one. That's how the one I've described. And that's how my, my other one is the one, the one that I've used in my videos over the years. My dad bought that at a garage sale almost 25 years ago for $25. He had no idea what it was. He said, Jimmy, I'll know what this is. Wow. Bought it for 25 bucks. I went to his house. He's like, yeah, I got this crazy thing. I'm like, oh, cool. That's a vacuum former. I've been using it every year since. And it works great. It's, I don't even know. No one's ever seen it before. No one knows the company name. It's rubbed off it. And uh, it's probably made in the 70s or the, eight, or the 60s. Anyway, that one works great. But what I was going to describe is I've seen vacuum formers where the heating element and the vacuum are placed directly beside each other facing up and you have a frame oh, that yeah. does a 180 flip. so you you have the heating the, the heat the heat gets picked up from one side and then you flip it like a page of a book onto the form and then you turn the vacuum on so i always thought that was a cool configuration i've seen yeah i, like I looked at too. some different ways that other people have done them and that was one of the options um but i was actually trying to keep it the footprint of it small you know as small as it could be because Basically, you'd have double the footprint if you did it that way. Yep, yep, that makes sense. Um, and so this one is big enough to use, but it's small enough, uh, it's short enough that you can actually still kind of put it on a shelf and get it out of the way. Because it's not something I expect to use a whole lot. So, but anyway. You know, but, but what's good though, now that you have the CNC, you could create a, a 3D object. And I like mm-hmm. always thinking of like one thing leads to another, leads to another. And you go inside Fusion, you design some ray gun. And then you split it in half, and then you you CNC both halves of the ray gun out of 
MDF, for instance, and then you bring it into your vacuum former and you vacuum form it, and then you have a hollow yeah. shell to put all your electronics. That is in. definitely a plan. Okay, you, go. <laughs> you just you just spoiled a project. <laughs> so thanks, Jimmy. No, I'm Breaking. just kidding. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I used to do. <laughs> that's what I used to do in the toy business. Bob, you asked a question. I think it was on Twitter a week or two ago. Uh, you asked your audience, like, do you want to know what I'm working on or do you want to be hit with mm -hmm. the, the surprise? Yeah. What was the response with that? Um, so I, I put out three. And what's your reaction to that? Yeah. So I put out three different kind of potential responses. Um, like, I don't care. It doesn't make a difference. Or I want to see it, things ahead of time or I want to be surprised. And the majority of people said, I don't care. So. I, you know, there's not a big push for me to, to do it, but between the other two options, it was definitely, I enjoy the surprise more than, you know, than knowing what's coming. Cause I think people are more likely to watch something if it's new and it's all of a sudden it's out there because if they get a hint of something that they're not interested in and it's not even out mm -hmm. yet, they're going to be like, well, that'll be out in, in a couple of weeks and I'm already not interested in it. So I'm not going to watch it. That was the, th the feeling I got from people. So I'm going to keep on going and being elusive about it because that's what I like to do. So, <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, because I was kind of thinking like I, I don't I intentionally don't show a lot of stuff that we're working on, like on Instagram stories, because I. I think I like people being surprised. I don't know if they like it or not. And that was the question, you know, like I enjoy people yeah. not knowing what they're going to get. I can't help myself. I have to the minute I have a discovery, I'm like, look what I just figured out. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have to instantly go on. Yeah. <laughs> have to go right on Instagram and show yeah. it off. I, I do that on, on Patreon sometimes. Well, <laughs> like if I get really excited about something, then I'll show the Patreon people like this is coming up and it's so cool and I'm really excited or whatever. But that's kind of there. You know, it's like a tight knit group there. It's a focused group. So I let them see some stuff ahead of time. But speaking of Patreon, we should thank our Patreon supporters. Mm. Like mm. that first segue. That was awesome. And, I do. and unintentional. Yeah. Um, especially Make, Build, Modify, Chad from Mancrafting, Doris Sharir, Michael Schubert, Works by Solo, Malton Make, Corey Ward, Evan and Caitlin, and Wise Old Dow. Those are our top supporters, but there's a big list of people. And it's funny because I met a really sweet little girl and her dad at Maker Fair, and I talked to them for a long time. And she said, we support your podcast on Patreon, but you never say our names. <laughs> and I felt really bad. Uh, and I had to explain. And he was like, the dad was like, yeah, I've told her a bunch of times that, you know, it's only people at a certain level. We are grateful Aww. to both of you and to everybody so, yeah. else. Well, I, I'd have to look up the channel name. I will certainly find it if I can. But anyway, I, I want so, her <laughs> to know. Do you want me to do it? I'll do it. You guys, you got to fill yeah. the space while I look it up then. All Say right. something well, funny. We can go. go. How about so, Dave? What have you been watching? <laughs> oh, good question, Jimmy. So, as uh, as we're recording the podcast, I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to watch. I better go through my history, and I found the channel that I want to promote. And I'm looking over in the right column, the the up next, the recommended videos. And these aren't my picks, but I thought this was hilarious. So, Rob Scallon has a video called "Making a Three Minute Song in Thirty Seconds," which is haha funny. And then right after that is Andrew Wong's. Making a three-second song in five days, yeah. <laughs> it just it just made me chuckle. I haven't watched either either of those videos yet, um, but my pick is Cammy's Garage, and I think I picked Cammy's Garage a few weeks ago when he drew me uh, like a character caricature. I can't say that word. 
yeah, my wife is a speed pathologist, so I'm gonna get some heat for that. But um, <laughs> he does a, he does these little sculptures, and he's got this little walnut sculpture. It's like a almost like a spring. And I was like, how in the world was that made? That's really complicated. And then I watched the video. I'm like, duh, that's how you do it. And uh, it was just really cool. And I love the combination of of wood and art. So that is my pick this week. Sweet. Cammy's Garage. Well, since we're talking about portraits, Pac- Pask makes, he is the latest up in uh, the, the Rest of Us, which is an ice pick project I've described. Brian from Wood Creations sent out this ice pick, and I think there's been eight or ten people so far have gotten one of my ice picks, experimented with it, used it to do something, and, and it, most recently, Pask, P-A-S-K, makes he did a portrait of me pointalizing, pointalizing, pointing, using the tip of the ice pick to puncture paper or to puncture cardboard and make an image. And it just came out great. And I want to thank him again and everybody that participated in that project. And then so also I want to talk about Izzy. Has anybody seen Izzy's new mat that he made? Yeah. On the machine? It's so cool. It's incredible to watch Izzy just go nuts with the CNC machine. Everyone's like telling me, oh, you keep going crazy with the CNC machine. But Izzy's making gears and interwoven wood and all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. So, And Izzy, Izzy kind of got addicted to Instagram and he has been neglecting his YouTube channel, but he's been posting a little <laughs> bit more often. So go check out Izzy on Instagram or on YouTube. Izzy Swan. Amazing. Yeah, and that, that woven wood is on, is on YouTube and it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And I, like, like he said, he goes, I'm going to demystify this. I'm going to show you how I did it. And you're going to look at it and you're going to go, oh, that's no big deal. <laughs> but he cuts it apart and reassembles it, which is a great idea. Because if you're only looking at one side, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So the channel, the people I was talking to, and he told me, I just want to make sure I got it right. It's Dad and Daughter Workshop. Woodshop. Dang it. I got it wrong. Dad and Daughter yeah. Woodshop. <laughs> <laughs> they were super nice. Um but I, I want to point that out because, like, we are grateful for everybody who supports us at all different levels. And I'm looking at the list right now, and there's way more dollar and three dollar supporters than the other levels, and it, that does mean a lot to us. So, thank you guys. Um, Why don't we randomly each week name one or two of those guys? That would be cool. Oh boy! Yeah, you just gave you we just could gave isolate me- that and edit it out we, if you want. We could. <laughs> we could. Uh, you could. You could. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, thanks to everybody that supports us on Patreon. And if you want to, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. Um, sign up for any amount. It's awesome. And if at anybody that supports us at any level gets the after show, which is just more of us talking, sometimes some secret stuff. And uh, mm. I heard from several people that they really like the after show. They like they thought it was clever, a clever way to get Patreon support. And that's what it is. So... um i don't know that it was totally our idea but yeah it works yeah it does um so i had a couple things from maker fair that i wanted to point out one uh kirby meets audio we've talked about kirby before he was there and i got to meet Mm -hmm. him he was there the second day oh i didn't see him yeah i think i don't think he was there the first day i might be wrong but yeah i got to meet Mm -hmm. him he was there for my talk and he's way taller than i am (laughs) which i didn't realize (laughs) but uh kirby makes it's Kirby meets audio, but he makes speakers and um, his channel. He just started a series. And so I'm really interested to see where he goes with this. He started a series about making a speaker from start to finish. So instead of a single video being a full build, it's a series about all the different steps. And so the first step is his plan. And 
if you're at all interested in speaker building or just kind of how somebody goes about doing that in a really nice professional way, you should definitely check it out. He's got a good presence on camera. He was a really nice guy and really tall. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> go check out Kirby Meets Audio. And then also I wanted to point out, um, make with Miles. So Miles is, I don't remember how old he is, but he's, he's good for his age. And he was at Maker Faire um, in... Just go check him out. I'll just leave it at that. He's a kid. He's going places. He was around uh, the whole time, just, you know, like gleaning information and meeting people and uh, was there with his parents. So go check out Make with Miles. Uh, you guys, you know, I ran into Daniel from Switch and Lever. Yes. Also tall. I, that was cool. Also, yeah, tall. also tall. Yeah. Did not expect him to be that tall. Yeah. I actually met a lot of people that I'd never met before. Finally got to meet Simone. She was there the second day. And you didn't get to meet her either, David. I don't think. Did you? No. 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 Um, Never met her. I got to meet Sean Thorson, who's a prop builder. And uh, I had my geek moment where I went up and was like, hey, I know you don't know who I am, but I really like your stuff. And he's like, cool. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go now. <laughs> Bye. You know, and I did like I didn't have anything else to say. Oh. You, show, you gotta show me your you gotta show me a YouTube no. ID card. Yeah. And then he would have respect. You gotta no, pull your ID card and YouTube card. It was funny though, because I was like, that's all I got. Just wanted to say hi. <laughs> Just walked off. Hmm. So anyway. No, well if you do that, like a good piece of ammunition is to walk up with a very specific project because that gets them right into what yeah. what it is that that gets them comfortable and gets you comfortable because you immediately start talking about, oh, how did you do that? Oh, well, what I yeah. did was, you know. So well, and I kind of so did. Like he, um, he makes tons of just insane uh, armor and guns. And like he made the big Ed 209 robot from uh, Robocop, like the big, big thing. And so he's been making uh, the rifle, the Stormtrooper rifle from the costume that I've been working on. And so he's been selling this rifle within the group, the Facebook groups that I'm in about this costume, the people that work together to figure out all the details. And so as soon as I saw his name pop up in one of these groups, like, does anybody want one of these rifles? And nobody really responded. And I'm like, guys, this is Sean Thorson. Like, go buy that prop. Like, this is the best you're going to be able to get. Anyway, so when I was talking to him at Maker Faire, I was like, yeah, I was the one that was, you know, like trying to promote your <laughs> your rifle in this Star Wars group. And he's like, okay, cool, thanks. So I felt like a dork. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, but it, it was great to meet a lot of different people. Uh, you know, just all, all sorts of stuff at Maker Faire is cool. You should go if yeah. you've never gone before. You guys got anything else? That's fun. Anything? For the after show, I do. Oh, yeah? Secret stuff? Yeah. Ah, not secret stuff. Just more stuff. Um, some uh, um, guilt about my design for the, the the coat rack. I want to talk about that. Cool. Guilt is good. Not really. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that's it for this week. Then I guess. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. All right. This week I'm two twenty two. Next week I have to be one pound lighter. Okay. Even if I lie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you lie. I lie. That's that's not how it works. <laughs> All right. Shh. Don't talk. Okay. I love you.